0: Hi everybody, I'm Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford Beach Volleyball and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition.
1: I'm Alana Rennie of University of Arizona Beach Volleyball and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. Hi, I'm Kate Privet of TCU Beach Volleyball and you're watching or listening to College
0: Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition.
2: You tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host. Hey, good day and welcome to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Top 20. Along the ride here is Alana Rennie of Arizona and Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford. And we happen to be missing the horned frog today, but you know, it's for good reason they're traveling. But we wanted to talk about the action here after three weeks here in Collegiate Beach volleyball. And wanted to start off with um some of the hotter teams in the nation right now and you know we just happen to have one of the representatives of one of the hottest teams in the nation it's the Arizona Sandcats and got Atlanta ready playing with Grace Cook at the threes they're getting it done in such a unique way but I feel like the coaches are ignoring what Arizona is doing because they're not moving up or down but they're undefeated for the most part so let's let uh, Atlanta step in and then Charlie can chip in there.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, started our season strong, um, undefeated at home, and then went down to the Pac-12 South and had a couple tough losses, you know, they were, they were close, and we were competitive, and then that kind of struck a fire in us to really come out and all guns ablaze in the next weekend, so um, we're able to uh, have an undefeated weekend again, uh, so I think we are seven and two I'm pretty sure that's our record right now so um, pretty happy with that and then this weekend we have another chance to um, go undefeated again so I know it'll be competitive but I'm excited and ready to play some more this weekend
2: <laughs> I guess that's a good thing big weekend in Arizona but I wanted to get Charlie's thought on thoughts on her uh, colleague from the Pac-12 here
0: <laughs> no I love it I think I love even more that like all of these wins are being actively like getting the job done is Alana I think it's always (laughs) really fun to see like a co-contributor of the pod doing really well let alone a co-contributor of the pack um but it's really fun like you and Grace have been killing it you it's been really fun to watch I got to see you a little bit at Pac-12 South and we got to take our little selfie send it over to Rob and then say our goodbyes as you had to head over to UCLA and we were still at SC but you got the job done and you were really consistent. And so I think that that's really fun for Arizona, for you guys to have like a very staple pair in the lineup that gets the job done. You guys have talent throughout, but to have kind of a solid team in the middle of the lineup, like speaking from experience and also just speaking from looking at teams all over the nation, you see like a lot of the talent is when you have, and like a lot of the strength and faith in your program is when you have that strength in the middle. And so seeing you guys being able to put up wins consistently is really awesome
2: yeah it's uh you took down number 19 pepperdine in a tight one i think you were the uh dual clinching uh match you
1: were, yes in the pouring rain um made the ball a little bit heavier so everyone's shoulders were a little sore afterwards but um no it was fun it was a it was a really really good game um it was sort of a in indoor terms a reverse sweep so the first uh flight our twos and fours um unfortunately lost and then our ones threes and fives came back in the second flight and one and uh it was a good game you know Pepperdine's always competitive um interesting weather situations for sure but uh yeah pouring rain super foggy very little low visibility but um that's what makes playing an outdoor sport fun
2: oh well, welcome to the was it the hashtag atmospheric river that Southern California <laughs> is exuding right now? So, yeah. <laughs> yes. well, you know, Pepperdine is, was a good win because they're ranked 19th and mm-hmm. for the most part, they'd been taking down some top teams. Like they had just beaten Long Beach state 3-2, edged them out in that same uh, day. So, you know, them some really big uh, duels going on just in the period of the first few days of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's jump up to our other one. Long Beach State was the biggest move in the ABCA poll this week from 16 to 13. Um, they kind of, I think they only had one win on the weekend this last weekend uh, with the battle for LA, is what it was. Uh, I believe they're at USC on Saturday and then uh, UCLA site on Sunday with their only win coming over FAU, which means they're a top ranked team. But what do we know about Long Beach State and what kind of potential does that team have? as you move forward here in the season let's start with you charlie
0: yeah so looking at long beach state i mean they've always been a highly competitive program and i feel like long beach state has notoriously been a program that's been very middle ranked or maybe even under ranked the last couple of years because of the fact that they put up a very good fight a lot of really good wins and looking at it i mean they barely edged behind cal three two Barely edged behind Pepperdine three two, which was a huge upset for Pepperdine. But I think that that's interesting because like Long Beach State beat FAU four one, which in theory should have been a closer game than their Pepperdine Pepperdine match. So maybe Pepperdine, as Alana was saying, like Pepperdine puts up a really good competition, and so um, maybe they're also a little bit under But Long Beach State, I mean, they're a notoriously great battle of a team. So I think that them making a jump makes sense to me.
2: Yeah. Alana, how about your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think they're, they're a fairly consistent team, but you know, everyone has those ups and downs. So I think the, the three, two losses makes sense. The four, one wins makes sense. Also. Um, I'm happy for them that they are moving up because I think they've, they've been trying to prove themselves the past couple of years. I think they're finally getting some good recognition. Um, It's just the, the ebbs and flows that every team has. I think, um, if they get that a little bit more consistent, then they can they can really um, rise consistently in the lineup or in the rankings. Um, but I think they're a really competitive team, and we played them in the fall, and they looked really good and not totally sure what the pairings look like now because um, we haven't played them again. But uh, yeah, they're fun to watch and always put up a good fight.
2: Definitely. Well, I was looking at um, Long Beach State this weekend, being as, as at the UCLA site on Sunday, and gosh, if I'm head coach, Mike Campbell, the, the nightmare numbers I see every night are two three, because that's what their losses have been two to three. And it's every single duel, which means they are just a few points out each time in each one of the flights. And there, there definitely is a lot of promise, even though they did have some unexpected changes this year with, you know, Skylar German not coming back. And then, you know, some injuries, some people that assigned just to like not play beach this year, but, you know, Great uh, products and Taylor Hagenau, the true freshman from, uh, is it San Diego, Escondido? I know she's from the San Diego County area, but her and uh, Malia Gementera played really well. And Mari Molina at the number ones with Christine DeRuz was also a really good match uh, to watch them play in. Um, let's jump up to our biggest faller of the week, which was Stetson. Um, What do you guys know about Stetson? Let's we'll start with Alana. Uh, Um,
1: I know they're really competitive. I know a girl on that team and she is a firecracker and she's really fun to watch. Um, I think, you know, same thing with Long Beach is the ebbs and flows of the season, the come and go and, you know, the rising and the droppings and the rankings. And unfortunately teams need, in order to stay where they are or rise, you need to win those, those ranked uh, games. And um, I don't think they had many ranked games this past weekend, but I think they lost some crucial ones that they should have um, won or at least had to, had to be more con, uh, competitive. But they did lose 3-2, 3-2 to South Carolina and Tulane. So, you know, they play those teams again. It could be a different uh, result next time.
2: Yeah, well, just they they went from at least the ABCA poll from 12 to 19, which is a huge drop, but it wasn't as pronounced in the collegebeachvolleyball.com poll. But uh, Charlie, I want to get your thoughts on, on Stetson as well.
0: Yeah, I think looking at Stetson, it is a huge drop to drop as far as they did. But I do think sp- looking at the scope of the South Carolina and the Tulane losses, When you look at teams like South Carolina and Tulane who are really trying to edge themselves up in those rankings, who are lower in the rankings, taking two losses back to back, like taking those losses to South Carolina and Tulane in the same weekend with Stetson, It makes sense to me that they would drop in the polls. I don't know if I would necessarily drop them to 19, but um, I see here in one of the rankings that they're at 16 now this week. And so dropping from 12 to 16 makes a bit of sense. I think that they're going to need to put up some better wins and some bigger upsets to be able to bring themselves back up into those rankings. I think Obviously, we've got quite a bit longer of season for Stetson to go, but I mean, big kudos to South Carolina and Tulane for pulling off a big upset because, I mean, that just speaks to the greatness of their programs. But um, yeah, Stetson, I think that they've got some work cut out for them to get themselves back up in the rankings now.
2: Well, it seems that uh, Stetson's ones and twos are the ones that are getting their solid points. That's a team of Shay Hansen and Karen zolner and the twos are Carolina Ferraris and Aneta Namike, the other Latvian in the uh, States playing college ball. So they're both at nine and three at the one and two spots. So um, they need someone to step up in threes, fours and fives like Elena Rennie or something.
0: So. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, and that's what we always see in kind of these bigger, more heated matchups and more like. Higher ranked teams, as we're seeing a lot of the wins at the threes, fours, fives. We see a lot of talent at the ones and twos, kind of nationwide. You look at any of the top 20 teams, and you see a bunch of talent in those ones and twos pairs that putting up a nine and three record at the ones and twos, looking at those pairs of Stetson, those are fantastic numbers for the teams that everybody's been playing. And for the fact that everybody's putting up an incredible ones and twos team. But once you see the greatness in that threes, fours, fives is when you start getting those big ranked wins. So Stetson can start pulling off wins at those lower seeds and at those middle seeds. I think that they're going to start having games turn their way. But until then, we're going to see a lot of strength and maybe more upsets.
2: Yeah. Let's go to the top of the poll. Not, oh, actually, no, we we can't skip this one. But uh, someone with firsthand experience after this weekend, one of the hottest teams that we haven't been seeing a lot of mention of is LMU in their brand new facility. Coach John Mayer uh, busted it open this weekend and hosted the first tournament. And Charlie got to visit it right off the bat. And and LMU is undefeated, unfortunately. Charlie's team, the Stanford Cardinal fell victim to the <laughs> home home complex break open. So uh, going to share a little bit about that, Charlie.
0: Yeah, so I was going to say, I feel like we'd be remiss to not talk about LMU because of the fact that they went undefeated this whole weekend and they put up pretty great ranked wins, like all of their wins except for Concordia were ranked wins. And um, it was, I said it earlier, I think it was like a dagger to the heart to take that 3-2 loss to them. And for them to break my mighty freshman's winning streak, but at the same time, I mean LMU was is an awesome, awesome program, and us coming that close to them, I think that it gives a really great taste for what the postseason is going to feel like. Would I have loved for us to have edged ahead in that duel? Yes, <laughs> but I mean, big kudos to LMU having a home weekend, going undefeated on that home weekend, raising up in the polls to number six and five respectively in the two polls. I mean well-earned, well-deserved. They put up the wins that they needed to, and they did a really good job doing it. I think taking us 3-2 and we were ranked one above them and then taking GCU 4-1 and GCU was ranked two above them. I was kind of expecting to see LMU edge ahead of GCU and us and kind of like see them just go above the two of us. And they did. So wasn't a huge surprise in the rankings, but definitely was a little bit of a dagger to the heart there.
2: (laughs) All right, uh, Alana, anything to add there?
0: Uh, yeah,
1: I think LMU, for some reason, in my opinion, I think they're sort of always under the radar a little bit. They're always very high, highly ranked, but always just sort of float, you know, under people's radars a little bit. And I'm, I'm really happy for them that they are able to have a successful opening home weekend in their new facility, which is just, you know, that could create nerves or that could create um, some like fire for that team. And it looks like it um created some fire so i think they were they were ready to go and really show what they're made of and yeah to have three of their four wins be ranked wins really is uh, a testament to what kind of a team they are
2: yeah it looks like uh coach mayor is kind of spreading up his lineup a little bit here because melanie paul and is it uh vilhelmina priti undefeated at the ones but i see that they've been jumped between the ones and twos so but they've been getting it done is is the point uh their top flights have been taking care of business when they need to, and they're getting those wins as needed. So um, I wanted to uh, jump over to uh, the top of the poll. And since uh, jumping into the number one spot, TCU has been unstoppable. They've only given up three dual points. And unfortunately one of those dual points was from our missing co-contributor who I said, I'd be, you know, throwing daggers at anyways. Kate knows, (laughs) She's one of the people, Kate Privet of TCU lost one of those dual points, but for the most part is near an unblemished record. So they're beaten down on some teams, Um, you know, LSU four, one win and, or in Florida state, I believe they is a four, one win there. So what do we know about TCU and how strong are they really? And let's start with you, Elena.
1: Yeah, I think they're just a solid team. I think they played LSU twice and swept in the first one. Um, and then lost just one game the second time they played them but you know I think they're also a fairly young team so I think there's a lot of promise for them to really be something special in the future and special uh, continuing right now because they are a tough team and they're really proving themselves and it's really exciting I wish we could play in the same spot as them um to, in order to watch but uh you know always just hearing about it and loving having our, uh, co-contributor Kate Privet with us. And unfortunately not today, but, uh, you know, always fun to have, uh, success on the podcast as well.
2: Yeah. How about you, Charlie?
0: Yeah. I think Alana said a lot of it there. I mean, looking at TCU, I think I was expecting them to be a powerhouse this year, but I don't know if I was necessarily expecting them to be just sweeping and taking wins just left and right and absolutely smacking some teams. Um, TCU, I mean, they're a really they're gonna be really hard to beat this year. They have a depth to their program that is very reminiscent to me of USC last year. That's very reminiscent to me of past LA school of past UCLA and USC programs. I think that this year could be the first year that maybe the title goes up for grabs. And I mean. TCU is definitely making the work of it at the preseason. So we'll see if they can keep it rolling into the postseason. but they're doing incredible things. I mean, I think all of our eyes last week when we were talking about it, were really looking towards those LSU versus TCU matchups because last year they were so close, so consistently. And I know last year we ended up, we went to TCU and we took a three, two loss to them and like barely lost it came down to my court. And unfortunately I lost in the third set 13, 15, um but I mean we were right there with them in this year I mean we we won't see them until maybe the postseason but they're a crazy talented program I mean sweeping LSU 5-0 and then taking them 4-1 on the second day it's really hard to beat a good program twice let alone to sweep a program that's that good the first time and take them 4-1 the second time I mean big props to TCU I think they've well earned that one ranking and that's this weekend's going to be fun to watch to see if they can keep that up, but they've been doing great things.
2: Yeah. I had to go look at their schedule and they've only dropped two dual points, uh, four, one to LSU. And then, uh, four, one to Florida state. That was, uh, back when they are four and number two in the nation. So, uh, yeah, they got their pedal pedal to the metal. And they're, I'm sure that coach Hector will say they're not in, uh, post form at all. So even though they're pretty much international caliber talent. So,
0: Exactly. Holding themselves to really, really high standards and just continuing to improve through a season when they're already doing so well. Yeah, they're scary good.
2: (laughs) Well, it's uh, funny, even like last weekend, they didn't have the uh, services of coach Hector uh, Gutierrez with them having a baby. So, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, Maho. That's actually the key to winning at that program. (laughs) Just kidding, Hector, if you're watching or listening.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think that there's greatness to all of their staff. But I mean, speaking to Maho, she is a former AVCA assistant coach of the year from two years ago. And I mean, the the, the proof is in the pudding there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you guys as the athletes, what did you see this last week? Action wise, that caught your eye uh, that you'd want to highlight. Um, you know, it could be at the duels you competed at could be results you've heard chatter uh, within the inner circle of the athletes, student athletes. But uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Charlie, start with you.
0: I think a huge win that we didn't talk about and a huge match that we didn't really like mention yet was the Hawaii versus Cal duel in like out at the Queens cup classic out in Hawaii at Waikiki. I think that Hawaii edging ahead three, two against Berkeley was a huge win for Hawaii. And it was like, one of their bigger tests that they've come ahead on. They had a big test that first weekend with us and UCLA and uh, Stanford and UCLA. We were able to edge ahead of Hawaii. And so Hawaii coming in and having this Berkeley matchup was a huge test for them and they edged ahead. So big, good for Hawaii. And then I think the other team that I saw this weekend that we faced that I think doesn't, isn't quite getting the love that it very much could would be Cal Poly. I think that Cal Poly has had a little bit of a slow start to season to say the least. They are not in the rankings. They're just edging out of the rankings, but I think that they might be the best unranked team that we've played for sure. This year, we, we took them three, two, and they, they put up a really great fight. I would, I have a lot of respect for the Cal Poly program. And I think that coming into this second half of season and kind of like edging towards the middle of season. I think that they're going to start putting up wins. And so I don't think everybody should be sleeping on Cal Poly, even though they might not have the wins yet.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's with Todd Rogers at the helm, uh, you know, he's got his pieces. He's aligning. He's such a, a cerebral coach that he's like making the little tweaks. And even this last weekend at the battle for LA, yeah, the record doesn't look like it, but you can see the quality of play that's beginning to come out of the players and they're going to end up like coming from behind in the big West and knocking off uh, the other teams. So Atlanta, I want to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, something that that caught your eye from this last week.
1: Yeah. um, I was sort of just surprised by all the sweeps that happened. I think there were a lot of ranked sweeps Uh, TCU over LSU, USC, sorry, charlie over at stanford um <laughs> ucla <laughs> i'm just reading off the list <laughs> um ucla over gcu fsu over georgia state uh lmu over fau like the list mm-hmm. goes on like there were just so many sweeps and it's just so um unpredictable because of how competitive the sport of beach volleyball is becoming nowadays like you wouldn't expect those sweeps especially within the ranked teams of uh, the top 20 it's just not really expected and it, it can kind of you know shock some teams and of either the winners or the losers you know they they just need to um kind of balance it out things I think uh some teams are still trying to figure out pairs a little bit you know or injuries come up you know anything can happen in sports but I do think it is very surprising still um and then I did want to give a shout out to the University of Texas for their Their first um, matches in Hawaii um, did not probably get the results that they were hoping for. But, you know, (laughs) first year programs, you know, a little hard to start. But um, I, you know, just a top volleyball school to have beach now is also it's just a big thing.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting tournament out there in Hawaii. That Queen's got was it Nebraska. (laughs) Yeah, Washington and host Hawaii. Am I forgetting anyone? that just those five but yeah, yeah so I was, um uh, yeah we uh a former contributor to the men's part of college volleyball weekly was serving as an assistant coach on the uh squats <laughs> <So, laughs> giving <laughs> a hard time for us uh, selling out on the men's game and going over to the women's indoor and beach now but it's got a tough schedule being on the beach and golfing all the time but that's uh we won't drop any names david hunt but uh <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting that another program has started up and it was their first weekend of competition. So, um, you know, without a doubt, and you just look at the talent and this is kind of going in a tangent of, of topics, but um, how much of the talent is coming from Texas? I believe one of your former partners was a Texan and looking at lineups in the in the top 20 programs, there are you know women from the Dallas, Houston, Fort Worth and Austin it's they're they're churning quality beach volleyball players and i'm sure you have some on your squads i I, i'm not familiar as as much with your squad uh alana but i'd imagine that the coach is looking in that area as well
1: yeah we have a couple texans um the i mean even they talk about it you know the programs are growing and they have really good clubs out there that they're able to uh, filter through a lot of girls and get their, their experience in coaching with in Texas. So it's, it's a fun, uh, th- you know, they, they have beaches, but not really. So it's kind of yeah. like Arizona, <laughs> 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 but
2: uh, yeah.
0: I was going to even add to looking at the depth of Texas. I mean, I've got some experience in looking at the juniors game the last several years, working with Beach Volleyball Clubs of America at the National Championships tournament. I've been a tournament director. And the last two years, for the first time like in the history of youth national championship tournaments, a club from Texas has won the title instead of a club from um southern california which is the most typical thing that you'll see an la club take the title or maybe a san diego club in the past has taken the title but for the first time it's been mad sand who's been taking the title and they're from dallas area and austin juniors comes out and 210 from san antonio there's so much depth that's coming from texas i mean look at maggie boyd she's pack 12 pair of the week with lexi denneberg and she's a texan herself her old partner from juniors gabby walker is playing great at usc they're a Texas powerhouse duo and they're like making a huge impact in the Pac-12 already. So I think having a program like UT who brings in a beach volleyball program, I think that some of the nationwide schools are going to be missing out on some Texas players who really want to stay closer to home. So I think UT is going to get really good really quickly, but it's cool to see them out here now.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let me ask you guys this, what athlete, Athletes or pairs got your attention as far as performance during last week, and it can be the AVCA pair and Big West pair of the week, or if you are Big West, sorry, Pac 12 pair of the week. Am <laughs> I <laughs> Freudian slip of the conference where I'm working in? <laughs> uh, let's start with you, Elena.
1: Um, yeah, you know, I do have a hard time trying to focus on certain pairs. I do like to look at the overall um, teams, especially because I'm bad with names um
2: <laughs> but I i'll help you con- out Atlanta.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i do want to continue to just shout out washington i think they made a lot of moves in their pairings um and so i would like to just give a shout out to their team to just being diverse and being able to like play with a bunch of different people and still have a success with that i know it's really hard and like as um as a player myself, you know, we, we practice with a different person every single day. So we are used to it and you don't know what other teams are doing. So if they are used to playing with one person and now they're just making the changes and props to them for making that work and stuff and, and contributing to their, their team's success, but, uh, yeah, not really good with individual people. So,
2: well, I will so I'll just, do, uh, just yeah. do my shout out. Well, I mean, from what I've got stat wise, it's Chloe Lorena and Nally Robinson who've been the the big pair.
1: Yeah, they're the most consistent pair. But I think there were a lot of changes since we played them.
2: Yeah. Yep. How about you, Charlie?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'm going to be speaking for Kate here because I feel like we'd be missing out on her little intake and insight of adding out the shout out for Maggie Boyd. I mean, she is kind of everybody's favorite freshman to watch. Honestly, I feel like it's kind of easy to pick her out because she's such a phenomenal athlete and just is doing incredible things coming in and breaking into the UCLA lineup as a freshman and coming in and playing at the ones and having such success is so impressive. So big kudos to her and her and Lexi, Lexi Denneberg being one of the most phenomenal athletes I've ever seen in my life. Um, They're just doing great things. And so them getting Pac-12 pair of the week was no surprise to me because they're an awesome team and they're very tough to play speaking from experience and then another team that i had eyes on from the big west giving the shout out to you rob working for that (laughs) conference but that's ilihia huddleston and jamie santer of university of hawaii they went undefeated this weekend and again hawaii had to put up some big wins this weekend they played against washington they faced berkeley and having ilihia and jamie again middle of the lineup um looking at the two of them and having them put up the wins as well as having a big a big west pair of the week um in brook van sickle and kaylee Glagow, i think that that was huge for hawaii to be able to have kind of the stability from both of those pairs it's awesome
2: well i'm actually gonna dump a few and you know take kate's spot on here but you know and i don't want to ever seem like a ucla homer so full disclosure everyone watching listening I'm the MC host at UCLA beach. So that's how I get to preview these things and get to see the lovely ladies on the screen in person, at least, unless I get to take a, you know, a sneak trip to wherever their homes are at or where they're playing at. But, um, I feel like this last two weeks, particularly um, defender, Perry Brennan has really kicked it into gear, like a new level that, I mean, is definitely beyond what I saw from two, three years ago, from juniors to first year but I mean, she is such, if you look at her, like, Oh, totally undersized defender. She's what five, 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 six, five, seven on a good day. But um, she is so fast defensively. And, you know, you would think that someone that is, we'll say uh, not exactly physical is what they like to say um, is a shooter. But I am telling you like Elena, she is taking cracks at the ball with any given opportunity. She's the blocks up. She doesn't care. She's swinging away, but then she also has that finesse game. And, um she's doing the dig to kill over on one to catching teams off guard and you know, i posted a clip on my instagram i didn't get that much video footage but of course i got of her wisely going over seeing the, the defenders pushed up against the net and just like going to a deep corner on a, on the first ball and you know that's that maturity and that uh, volley iq that she has is is definitely surfacing this year and she's been mixing it up between I believe the twos and the threes with Abby and Tessa playing with the Van Winkle sisters either the twos or threes so um seeing that come about has been really cool and the other one and I'm not tooting because Alana's on the show and all that <laughs> I was I look at data and when I see numbers then I look at the name like oh my gosh Alana and Grace are one of the top pairs in the threes and they've been crushing So I can't help but pay attention to that. And of course I saw that Kate's uh, her only surrendering the points for TCU, but we know Kate's got a good team, so they don't have to worry so much, but um, definitely one of the, uh, the the better players that I've seen this week. And and I have to give a shout out to what's going on at, at Long Beach state because you know, they're in the battle, they're losing three, two, but you know, seeing them play, they're on the edge of something big and, yeah, I just know don't know which team is going to be the recipient of them bursting out of the shell, and they're, it's going to be a big upset, like a 5-0 upset of a top ten team. So, um, yeah, but that those are the ones I realized this last weekend, and you know, be curious to follow them as we go because we are technically <laughs> sad to say we're like a, just under the halfway point of the season with three episodes in, because there's eight or nine total weeks of the season for you guys. Is that how it works? <laughs>
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's nine or 10,
2: something crazy like that. One third of the way in. (laughs) So um, with that, I wanted to ask you guys, what are, there's a lot of big tournaments, but what ones would you be focusing on this weekend coming up? And, you know, there's a lot, we can talk a lot about all of them if you want, but I'm I'm curious what you guys are looking at besides your own, or could talk about your own. So uh, let's start with you, Charlie.
0: I think looking specifically, I I'm going to be the East coast rep for today because of the fact that we don't have an East coast rep on the screen with us right now. And a, I'm going to look at March to May. It's the big tournament in Gulf shores. It's the biggest Gulf Shores tournament that's going to happen this year Intel, the national championship tournament. And that's hosting number three, UCLA, number 20, South Carolina, number six, LSU, number four, FSU, number 10, Georgia state. It's hosting UAB. It's hosting number 19 or formerly number 19. I think they've moved up since, but Tulane, it's hosting Mercer and number five LMU. So that's a huge tournament. That's so many teams. Um, I think it's some people's spring breaks right now. I wish I could say the same. I'm in like the heat of finals right now, but we are, I think that that's the biggest tournament that I'm going to be looking out for because of the fact there's so many powerhouses. but then I'm also looking at this matchup here. That's the surf and turf that's in Miami and that's hosting Florida Gulf coast. That's hosting number one, TCU. That's hosting number two, USC. It's hosting Tampa. It's hosting FAU and FIU and FAU and FIU notorious rivals so that's going to be a really fun matchup especially because they're number 15 and 14 and tcu and and usc being number one and number two i think that that's going to be like my favorite match to watch this week because will tcu be able to reign supreme or will usc continue their hot streak that they've been running working up in those rankings i don't know but it'll be fun
2: wow great call charlie What are you following up with? I mean, she hit the two big ones on the East Coast. Apparently, she's getting tourism dollars from swimming over there. Focus
1: on Arizona. So, um, (laughs) Arizona has two big tournaments this weekend. Um, University of Arizona is hosting the Arizona Invitational. We have Southern Mississippi, uh, TAMCC, which we are not playing, but they will be there. Uh, ACU and Cal Poly I think it'll be really competitive all the way around and it'll always it's always fun to see some other teams and then GCU is hosting the Canyon Classic alongside eight, number 18 Pepperdine uh, UC Davis and ASU so I think um, you know Arizona is always really competitive and we bring out some good teams so those will be fun to watch as well but I will be also paying attention to the East Coast uh, <laughs> tournaments <laughs> to watch those matchups.
2: Well, since you guys have those, I'm going to stick local because at Long Beach, I found out, is hosting a tournament uh, right here 20 minutes from me. So I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I don't have to drive far and stay overnight somewhere. Uh, but they are hosting Stetson, which, you know, at the beginning of the season, they're as high as 12. Uh, they've uh, fallen back in the last week, but I'm just curious. You know, I want to see if they're the real deal here in person. Um, I'm curious what the weather's going to be like here in Southern California because I think we're supposed to get more rain. Uh, and still keeping the 50s, so I you know Florida teams aren't liking the uh, cold weather here, so <laughs> but I'm definitely going to stop by that one. I want to watch the Stanford-Cal matchup because you know, easily two of the, the hottest teams in the top 10 right now, and that's uh, you know one of our co-hosts on the show here, Charlie, playing at the ones. and you guys got Zoe back, or Zelani Hodel back, um, and you guys can start shuffling your lineup a little bit here because I know you guys kind of mix partners with uh, I guess there, are you know, re- whatever reasons why she w- hadn't started the season at the get-go, but I know that there's probably going to be some shuffling.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think that it's going to be fun. We've gotten a little bit in a rhythm with our lineup the last couple of weeks, but again, we've had some illnesses, like Zoe was sick to start the season. We have another player, Emma who's Emma Morris, who's been out with illness, and she won't be back this weekend quite yet, but we're hoping to have her back sooner rather than later, But I mean, looking at the fact we've got some depth in our program that we've not had before, Cal has some depth in their program that they've not had before. We always have very interesting matchups when we play them and they're hosting this year. It's called the big spike. It's in the spirit of the big rivalry game. That's called big game between Cal and Stanford for football. And I think we're really looking forward to the big spike. I think it's going to be again, like I was saying, like a very heated matchup, very, very tight. But I'm very excited to see how we do against Cal and to see how we all match up. Because again, that's just prepping us for a really awesome post season. So great stuff.
2: You know, you're trying to hide from all the media that's being given to you, Charlie. And congratulations on saying a new program, high career wins, 67. <laughs> yes. Is that what it is? 67 victories, individual wins record with 67 victories. But not only that, there's like this like, biographical piece on you on uh stories right now it says my stanford story and it's you i just happened to see it it was it posted 19 minutes ago so everyone's got to go on instagram stanford beach vb and find out who charlie extrem is because we don't know her are here She's <laughs>
0: you are making me blush over here yes it was really fun winning that last game against cal poly uh, Kate Riley and I, I almost said Kibbs because that's the nickname and that's what I call her so frequently. Um, but Kate and I, we were able to pull off the dual decider against Cal Poly and it actually marked my 67th win to tie my predecessor and former partner, Sonny Pondo. And so it was so fun to be able to have that moment as the tire. I hope that we can continue to add those wins on. Hopefully this weekend can tack one on um, and be the sole winner and leader for stanford with 68 but no matter what i'm just really excited and proud to be representing stanford as always in case you've missed it and so um yeah it's been great i love i love playing with this team and i'm very proud of what we're doing so far and excited to see where we keep going
2: excellent well i want to ask you guys as athletes i mean you know we're we're joking that this is the third episode in but um what kinds of things can we gather from this season Uh, as we move forward you know as we get closer to like conference tournaments and postseason play like it's is what we're seeing now indicative of we can see come postseason or you know are teams have they found their rhythms or are we is it still up in the air um just because we've only had very little shifting in the top 10 but a lot of shifting in the 11 on um, but that's just my personal take of looking at the data from a macro perspective but you guys you know you guys talk in your your team meetings and you don't have to unveil all your secrets but you're just you we'll call it student athlete insight and let's uh, start with you Alana uh
1: yeah I think you know you say we're only three weeks in but that is a third of the season so it is a quick season but I think teams are still finding their grooves I think some have carried over from last season, perhaps or from their fall, um, and are just they're just in that rhythm. They've found it, and I hope that they continue it because it 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 stinks when you uh, you find it early and then aren't able to maintain it throughout the rest of the season. Um, but I think a lot of teams are still working their way in and, and maybe this weekend will show a couple things. Maybe there won't be as many sweeps as we saw the last couple of weekends, and there'll be more, a little bit more competitive in terms of the numbers and how people win might be a little bit more of a nail biter and have to rely on certain pairs, which can, you know, add some pressure, but that's, that's sports and that's, what's fun about it. And, you know, I think, um, uh, some teams will, will. Be progressing still throughout the rest of the
0: season.
2: Yep. How about you, Charlie? Yeah,
0: I think Alana said it really well there, and so I'm going to try to not repeat everything <laughs> that she just said. <laughs> but I think that we're I'm expecting to see a lot less sweeps, like Alana was just saying. I think that some of the sweeps that we've seen in this last weekend, I almost think I don't necessarily think of them as flukes. I think that. We're seeing some programs just develop and find their rhythm a little bit faster than others. So I think that some programs that might be still working out some kinks, we're going to see less of those kinks as the season progresses. And as we go into this second two-thirds and second half of season, as we edge closer and closer to that, I think that postseason we're going to see a lot closer matchups is kind of where – what I'm taking and with what I'm seeing with the closeness of how a lot of duels are going with the exception of some of these sweeps that we saw this last weekend, I think we're going to edge back towards that closeness. Because again, like I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now and the depth of nationwide beach volleyball is so crazy right now. We are seeing such good chemistry with so many partnerships and so many teams coming out and just performing at a really high level. And so I think that we're going to see a lot less sweeps. I think that there are going to be a lot closer duels and I love it. I like that. There's not as many powerhouses anymore. I like that the powerhouses still get sweat a little bit by programs. And um, I'm looking forward to more. I'm excited to kind of keep on seeing where programs develop and build.
2: Yeah. I'll be curious to see with all the big um, tournaments this weekend coming up, Yeah, you know, looking at just an overall look at the data that I've been perusing the ones and twos, there are a decent handful of undefeated teams remaining, which means the top number ones and two teams are taking care of business where they're supposed to. And the teams that have the threes, fours, and fives doing the winning are the ones that are tilting the scales and getting those Ws for the up and coming programs. So, uh Alana, that's you, in case you're wondering, the threes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh no pressure at all. Just kidding. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Another big week, be sure to follow all the action on collegebeachvb.com. Follow these teams uh, and our athletes who are uh, co-hosting here, Do an excellent job of Arizona and Stanford. That's uh, Alana Rennie and Charlie Ekstrom. And our missing piece this week, Kate Private of TCU. Uh, but follow the programs. Go online, volleyballmag.com, you name it. Just follow them. Show the support. Passive, it's easy. Go to their Instagram live feeds and, you know, their – since no one's really streaming yet, but just support the programs in the most passive ways possible, which is just going social and clicking on their website. So uh, Alana Rennie of Arizona, Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford, appreciate your time and wish you the best of luck this week. Thanks for listening to College Volleyball Weekly. Be sure to follow Rob Asparo at the Rob on the Mic on Instagram and at Rob on the Mike on Twitter.